pretty girls on a Saturday night. So I call your name, cross my fingers, on cross the others as a tame. Oh, I don't think straight with nothing to prove. And we'll do more testing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wow, We Have the Band, the podcast about music, why we love it, what makes it special, and everyone's unique experience with it. Uh, my name is Ryan. And I'm Nick, and who the hell is this? That is my good friend Kate, uh, today's guest. Welcome, Kate. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, then, nice to meet you, put too. Put down the knife. No! Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, so we've um, we've wanted to have you on here for a little while, but we couldn't... It has been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't quite squeeze you in, but finally, you're here. We can bury the hatchet. <laughs> we, can, we can squash the beef, as they say. Very we exciting. We can lay it all out. Wonderful. Spill that hot tea. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is, it's really great to finally have you on. Um, I'm pretty excited to have you on because obviously we're good friends, but also like you have a music degree, you play a lot of different instruments. Um, So yeah, you've got a lot of great input. Yeah, Kate here is, she's a multi-instrumentalist, as I explained. She's a professional flautist. She's also a visual artist and an occasional actor. Um. So, <laughs> a uh, woman of many talents. My awkward face right now, just like mm, you're talking about me <laughs> in the corner. It's the Kate of all trades. Uh, but yes. Yeah. Talk about your experience getting your music degree a little bit. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of build up to it, but uh, it's it's weird to come to the title of professional flautist. It took me a while, even though I finished my degree about like two or three years ago now. I've just started getting used to saying that and also being paid for that title <laughs> and accepting things instead of just doing gigs for free, you know? I am a professional now, I guess, in a sense, but yeah, I did five years at our university here in Prince Edward Island, UPEI. And I learned a lot of different instruments, as Ryan said, multi-instrumentalist. I don't know if I could list them all. Do you want me to? Or are you Please curious? Uh, feel free to list them all, but at least the highlights, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, flute's my main one. And I took piano kind of as a kid for eight years and mm. then continued it through university a little bit, not necessarily at a professional level, but just as a skill to have. I play alto saxophone. Really want to try tenor, but... Um, <laughs> that sweet tenor just out of reach. I know, right? No one ever <laughs> has them. But uh, main three... I have dabbled in percussion, so I can do like the four mallet, uh, marimba, and mm. xylophone and stuff. And there was one year Ooh. for UPEI, I decided to murder myself and be in all five ensembles possible. Oh my god! So what are those ensembles? There's so Wind Symphony is the main one that you have to be in for at least four years if you are doing a performance degree. So that mm-hmm. was wonderful, uh, high level. Even if you don't play a wind instrument. Uh, 
uh, we did have one string instrument. Okay. Our friend Olivia was an upright bassist. The wind symphony and bassist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But we don't really offer, unfortunately, string instruments. Uh, studies at UPEI so oh, there wasn't really room for that okay. but um yeah so wind symphony and then there was the jazz band which I was the auxiliary percussionist for the mm-hmm. only thing I can't really play well is the drum kit but I can do like toms bongos congas every kind of so cool. tinging ringing thing um I guess I did play a little bit of percussion in wind symphony if we needed more people for that I'd hop on so uh so yeah we got those and um I was in percussion ensemble <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I played the main formal marimba and stuff. That's super cool. I like yeah. in the complete opposite where like I can just do the drum kit and I can't like I've never played anything else than just the drum kit for percussions basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be pretty easy if you can play the kit, you can play anything else. Like you have all of your skills that can transfer over to reading. Yeah, Nick, music. you're a percussionist god basically. <laughs> I wouldn't say god, but I I put in the practice for sure. My brother did a year at UPEI, yeah. but he um, he dropped out, um, I guess, after the year. But he did a percussion because of the, uh, the, I guess, for the jazz ensemble, the guitar spot was taken. So he decided to do the brick rims and stuff like that, um, which is cool. So we bonded over that a little bit. Nice. Um, but what are the other ensembles? Oh, the other two are concert choir and chamber singers. So singing, <laughs> I can add actually as my top instrument, if you can say that. And then all the other auxiliary percussion on there. And then with my music degree, I originally went to UPEI wanting to become a music teacher, but I kind of changed courses and just left it as the performance degree because I'm not a huge fan of the education system here on PEI. <laughs> I mean, I've taught privately a few students, few lessons on, on flute, but I don't think I could be in the school system like my mom's a teacher and it's just a lot of work I don't think I could deal with, but I do enjoy teaching. Mm. But uh, in my pursuit of originally wanting to be a music teacher, I took ed courses. And so you take those and you learn about three to four different instruments up to a certain level, like the conservatory grade three. And so I, ca- I took woodwind tech and that's kind of where I got back into playing saxophone and honed my skills on that one. I mainly focused on it. I can play the oboe kind of decently. I Clarinet was the other one that I took and I fucking hate the clarinet <laughs> it is the black stick of death i don't mind if other people like the it black stick or of play death. it but it i i ended up um spraining one of my tendons in my arm or my wrist while playing that thing Jesus. and i had cuts on my lips like because it's reed instrument they're the most finicky thing and obviously if you're just starting on any instrument it sounds slightly horrendous but the clarinet is the worst and the amount of back pressure in your face i hate it i don't understand how people play it there's only two people and that i've ever heard who i enjoy making the sound on a clarinet everyone else i kind of can't really stand that instrument Way to bring the Squidward vibe to the clarinet. Wow. Yeah, I apologize to anyone who plays the clarinet. I, I, it's just not for me. I'm so sorry. And don't diss Squidward. He is a god amongst men. Um, but yeah, yeah, I find like a lot of like wind and per- I, I guess maybe particularly reed instruments. I don't really know. But yeah, there's like a, a steeper curve with finding a good timbre with them like it's easy to be too screechy and it stuff really like depends that. on the reeds yeah and how finicky yeah. they are i have actually broke three oboe reeds and they're expensive 
expensive as hell. I spent about sixty to a hundred dollars on oboe reeds wow. because there's one I first I chipped it on my tooth while trying to play it. I put it up to my face and then it I cracked it with my tooth and I'm like, oh I darn. <laughs> and then another they're just uh, if they get too dry or the yeah, so delicate. And then the other ed courses that I took, I did dabble in strings, but those are not really where my skills lie, unfortunately. I learned a little bit on the violin and the cello, so I can play a bunch of scales. But when it comes to songs, right. it's still very slow and, and questionable. I can play the ukulele. Sorry, that's a random thing. That's yeah. a lot of instruments. <laughs> but I mean, you are a white girl, so you're basically born playing the ukulele. <laughs> I mean, I really only dabbled in it in high school, middle school. It's been mm. a while since I've touched it, so yeah, that checks. <laughs> but pretty cool. A lot of hats there. Um, yeah. Um. So the interesting, I guess, thing about you so far, or the unique thing, unique thing, is that Andy has like a great, probably the most... Um, talented and experienced musician, but he only listens to classical music for the most part. So what do you like to listen to in general? For oh music? my goodness. Uh, I listen to about anything and everything. Country music is really the only area that I don't have a big repertoire in listening to. I can name a few artists that I can tolerate in the summer months, but <laughs> um, for the most part, I I don't tend to listen to a lot of that, but everything else, I tend to have a bit of it on my playlists. So the interesting thing is that on my Spotify, I kind of divided into sections of my life or seasons. And so a lot of the times, especially through my university degree, I'd label my playlist as fall semester, winter semester, and spring slash summertime. And through that, you can kind of see how it's evolved or just also on the playlist. It's a mix of different things and you can see the influence of like certain friends I just became friends with and we're sharing music or a different phase that I'm like really into a certain album for this amount of time and what songs carry over throughout the year um, but a little bit of everything that's really neat um, if you had to take only five artists with you to an island or whatever kind of thing what five would you take oh if you God. had to choose um, well I basically have my big three my top three forever loves is bleachers Marianas Trench. Donna, you don't want to sever all the works to impress. Charming girls out of the dresses. While I'm pretty, well, pretty will swallow you forever. Step one, step two, step three, repeat. Step three, the church of Pasadena seeds and disappear. They're gonna be. Yeah. When the mirrors and the lights and the smoke clear, I never guess how we ever could have got here. You can say what you say when the lights go down. Walk the moon. Easy now with my heart. 
those are my three. And then to pick two others would be, oh, there's so many that are also worthy of those titles. I'd be happy with, with just those three because I feel like if I name any more, I'll, I'll forget. But I guess it falls more to indie pop, indie rock kind of alternative okay. vibes there. to a lot of their stuff and they have some okay unique things yeah interesting i kind of a like the one of the very few things that i do know about you is that um anytime like somebody has a favorite band or whatever i'll like generally check them out because if somebody's that passionate about a band there's probably a lot of good stuff in there and wilson had just mentioned one day that your favorite band was like bleachers and then they just talked about like their like 80s kind of pop vibe whatever they are and i was like okay i'll check them out and then as soon as I checked them, I was like, oh my God, I love them. And like, I have them in my, my workplace. I have like a playlist I play that's like kind of friendly songs. And I have at least like eight Bleacher songs because they just fit so nicely, especially to like recovery vibes or stuff like that. It's a bit of like real stuff, but like nice and light and happy still kind of Yeah, for the they're most part. incredible. And like Jack Antonoff is a wonderfully talented human that just blows my mind every time with his musical knowledge and just incredible godlike skills when it comes to expressing and creative aspects of everything yes
fell in love with them. And I mean, this sounds like it's going to take up the rest of this episode, really, because I could go on about him and really those top three that I mentioned all day. But with Jack Antonoff, Bleachers specifically, or, or I guess more Jack, he kind of has followed me throughout my musical journey and very interestingly I can pinpoint certain things of that like he's released or has been involved with with very important points of my life like very influential in big milestones and he's kind of followed me throughout my musical journey my life there with with things specifically for him So that's fascinating. Yeah, Bleachers love them so much. And I got to see them live for the first time just this past fall in Toronto. Yeah, I died. Happiest moment of my life, 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, so... um I'm just kind of like in in like listening mode. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um very well articulated so far. Um, I guess, yeah, let's let's get into the, the meat of the episode, I guess. Um, a quick introduction to who you are, though so that's great. Um, but yeah, where did you kind of start with music? What um, Do you remember a time in your childhood when you first started to like paying attention to music more, or there was a song or artist that was like, you know, experience the emotions that music makes you feel? Like, when did you well, check into what music? What was really nice growing up is my parents loved music and they were very encouraging and so it, the first kind of musical experience and I guess later on how it led to me eventually studying it was I taught myself how to play Ode to Joy on a little toy piano mm. when I was about three or four years old <laughs> so obviously That's not so like chords and everything but like figuring out the melody and I learned a lot by ear and playing things by ear and listening to that and my parents noticed that kind of bit of talent and then encouraged me and then put me in piano lessons and kind of let me the only thing that they said no to was drums because they were too loud <laughs> it's too bad that's why i got all the other percussion instruments the the secret was i just bought the drum kit and i was like hey dad and then go pick it up bring it home <laughs> they'll find out eventually mm. that would have been good <laughs> if i had the money <laughs> but yeah that's when i was really young and I guess the, the biggest influence, I remember like growing up listening to a lot of Phil Collins.
Tina Turner, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston. Left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. And I was worried about the way that things might have been. That big wheel keep on turning. Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson, like my parents were big American Idol fans, and like we watched that a lot as as kids. Um, but um, what was interesting is I never grew up with like that classic dad rock. Like mm-hmm. my dad was very much into the pop music at the time and really evolved with music through his entire life. I always remember him saying he never was a fan of 70s mm-hmm. music. I know it's going to be obvious. <laughs> yeah, because that's like our favorite faces. era. I know. No, he he absolutely hated the 70s. But so I never listened to anything. I remember oh this I'm going oh do I tell the story I'm going to be made fun of. Um friends in high school, I was looking through like their phones and we were just talking about music or looking through stuff and I was like, "Who is this? Liner Skynerd. <laughs> it was terrible. I didn't hear Led Zeppelin until I was in my late teens. I didn't know any of that kind of classic rock. That was a kind of recent endeavor on my own, but I did grow up with a lot of 80s influence. So Bon Jovi oh, was a big yes. name in our house. story actually Nick you'll love this Um, Ryan you might know this but um, my mom is actually from New Jersey she grew up there and moved to Canada when she was 16 now Canadian citizen (laughs) Um, but (laughs) asterisk but she grew up in New Jersey 
and went to the same school as Bon Jovi and went to a party that Bon Jovi and his band were having in the garage at his house. And my mom got to meet him, but she didn't know and didn't really care. She was like, oh, hey, like, have you seen this person? Like, shook his hand. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm Bon Jovi. She's like, oh, hey, have you seen, like, Chris or whatever? So she went off to see her friend, but she met Bon Jovi when she was in her teens. What the fuck? I know, right? Hello, um, I'm Paul McCartney. <laughs> hi, have you hi, have you seen Dave anywhere? He has like uh, my. But shirt. they were young. He was just starting <laughs> his music. It was just a random yeah, garage band a, in New Jersey. Yeah, a random New Jersey garage band, which were there was hundreds at the time. Yeah, and so yeah, Bon Jovi was big. Cyndi Lauper, Journey, Madonna, and Queen. So much Queen. I love Queen. That should actually be my fourth <laughs> you, band that I yeah, take you to do the love island. Queen quite a bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So that was a big influence, 80s music. I still listen to a lot of 80s music. And the other day for work, actually, I put together a little playlist because we were cleaning and doing a bunch of stuff. And I added what they wanted. And then I was like, oh, I'll just add songs like that people like, people know. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's basically just almost all 80s music now. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a... Did- 
it's such a good decade because there's so much types of music. A lot of it is like dance kind of happy music. So it's like, it's easy listening, but there's so many good fucking songs. Like, like Whitney Houston and like ABBA, like every time I hear Dancing Queen, which might be in the seventies, but like, I just feel so alive. Like a lot of that music yeah. just makes you feel so invigorated. Like there's so many powerful emotions and like the music is just very captivating. Yeah. And that's kind of why I listen to music. Most of the stuff that I have is very upbeat. I'm not the kind of person that has ever like, oh, I'm in a sad mood. I need to put on sad songs. Like, no, I need upbeat, <laughs> happy. Like 90% of my. <laughs> no, <laughs> slow songs aren't always my vibe. Like I have a few and of course appreciate them. But most of the time I listen to music for that happy vibe. Yeah. And speaking of ABBA, to be honest. So another influence, I guess, when I was younger, like babysitter slash family friends at one point, they introduced me to ABBA. And I remember Dancing Queen very thoroughly was like a diehard favorite song as a toddler, as a kid, continues to be my favorite and Mamma Mia. And they also introduced me to musical theater. So this in itself can be its own Ah, episode of my love for music theater. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they, I remember being in the car, basically whenever they picked me up or... I remember the songs in the car that I would always request were Dancing Queen and Go 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 Joseph from <laughs> Joseph's Technicolor That's Dream Coat. Of his time. 
and those are my favorite and it's a weird ass song to be honest like it has recits like they're kind of semi talk singing at the beginning for the first half and at the end it just picks mm. up and there's so many key changes also I love key changes any song with oh, a key yeah. change feeds my soul uh, yeah that's probably where it started was from that song yep that's so cool yeah fucking nothing makes a song more interesting that's like good key changes and just like a lot of switches and turns it always makes a song very interesting rather than just like the same beat or the same tone but like a, a good like up pitch and key like just ah that and that's very like 80s kind of vibe very like power mm. pop or like power indie power. kind of rock yeah that's a, a, a very interesting kind of like perspective that you have so far because a lot of like our guests have been very similar to like wilson and i have been very similar to ryan and i and like a lot of yours have been just like very i don't even know how to like articulate that but they're they're different but they're still complementary almost yeah. oh yeah i'm gonna be way out there welcome to the musical <laughs> theater world <laughs> folks and you're all like classic rock and 70s and then i'll i'll bring some other wild things to the table I, yeah the, I, 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 dancing queen just makes me feel so alive I, I, like every time that song comes on as soon as i hear that i'm like yes <laughs> it's the yeah yeah you of all people um like the most <laughs> the thing that contrasts metal as much as it can abba that's amazing but um yeah like i really enjoyed like um when we first started being friends like it was cool because you, you had really good taste but it was like you know not exactly what i was used to and everything like yeah and I guess when I met you, I was still trying to find my musical identity mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. music identity, not necessarily musicals, forever loved those. But uh, yeah, and back to kind of Jack Antonoff and Bleachers and that, in a sense, kind of the song or moment that I could really start exploring on my own because also with the influence of family that kind of dictates what you listen to over the years. Um we all shared the same iTunes account mm. and like we would buy songs. Uh, my mom would like purchase it and stuff. And I'd had a little MP3 player, mm -hmm. a small little blue one. Great time. But obviously it'd all be in influenced by what she wanted to listen to and what the family kind of had. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty, Betty when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention. But then I remembered this game on like the shared iPod touch that we all had. <laughs> <laughs> Downloaded, I think it was like Tap Tap. And one of the songs that came up that I fell in love with was uh, All the Pretty Girls by Fun. Mm. And again, Jack Antonoff, if you didn't know, was the drummer for that band. And so that's kind of, again, where all these little threads just <laughs> start through. And so that was kind of the real click of like, oh, this is kind of different music that I haven't listened to as a kid and started to try to look for and find music similar-ish. Vampire Weekend was another one that I came across a lot in A-Punk. That was a stellar song and that had flute in it. And so that was very fun. And also I was like playing flute at that time because I started in grade six. And so that was kind of neat to hear that in kind of an indie context or
music that I had not heard before and so that started that ball rolling in a sense of exploring other genres other areas different artists I haven't heard and it kind of continued to today whereas if you ask me to name artists I did name a few but a lot of the times if you look at my playlists they are just filled with random songs that I like that are all special in their own way and just very fun to listen to try when I try to explore the artist it takes me days because I just have one song out of their catalog that you just get stuck <laughs> on and you keep yeah. listening and listening yeah there is one back I think first or second year in university I found a couple songs I think their name they were auto heart and there is like two or three songs that are fantastic but then when I went through their catalog I didn't like anything else mm. it was just like two or three yeah. songs that I like and I find that's always sometimes discouraging yeah. like I love discovering new music and new artists but then at the same time if you're disappointed in everything else that you yeah. do and you're like oh I had such high I, hopes but I just like these few songs I completely agree like there's this one song I found called High Tide it is such a good song it's like one of my favorite songs and I checked out the rest of that album and it was all like really generic boring kind of like dancey stuff and it's not that I don't like you know like dance music's fine but it was like so generic and stuff and I was like how how do they make this song that is so drenched in atmosphere and like meaning and stuff and then the rest of their stuff is just bullshit but I you know it maybe maybe it would grow more on me if I listened to it more but yeah and and like what you were saying about getting stuck on um songs and listening over and over again like we were talking about Fleetwood Mac before I've been stuck on <laughs> those three albums uh Rumors Tango in the Night and Tusk for like 10 years <laughs> like I really want to check out That's understandable. Yeah, I really want to check out their other stuff but like those are like some of the best albums period right there they always just scratch the itch every time you come to them so it's like you, you almost don't need to like go any further exactly yeah um that's it's so when you were like finding out all these unique artists and your kind of unique self did you have any like siblings or friends that like also were like showing you songs outside of your parents and also really interesting that you didn't have like the dad rock thing every single other person that we've had has had like the dad rock vibe as well so, like I to have know. not that in your life at all to figure that out later like it was such like a, a key part of like almost our like our generation growing up kind of thing like like the yeah. classic rock um but yeah how did you have any other influence in your environment of, of, of other people showing you songs well um i am the oldest of 
three, so I have two younger siblings, so in a sense, I'd be the one that they'd kind of look up to for music tastes, and they were still very influenced by my parents, and my mom kind of got into country, that was her other big thing that she enjoyed, and funny enough, that did not influence me in liking it, that turned me off of it full on. Um, Sorry, Mom. Make it a strong one, we're gonna have some fun tonight. I wanna be a castaway and leave the world behind. Take a tropic holiday, say goodbye to keeping time. Wasting away down by the coast, Pacifico and chasing line. Easy living down in paradise. Hold me another one, make it a strong one. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Just like the other one, make it a double run. We're gonna cast away tonight. <laughs> and when you say country, do you mean like kind of the newer kind of country pop kind of stuff? The country rock, not so much like Johnny Cash country or like. Ooh, um, it, it used to be a mix. It used to be a little bit of old country, um, but yeah, I'd say her tastes are more modern country, pop country. Um, yeah, Johnny Cash also was never something that was on my radar as a child or anything like that. But radio stations, I did listen to a lot. Like, um, and CBC Radio wasn't a big thing for my family to listen to, but I enjoyed listening to that because it also had a bunch of different. Uh, genre mm-hmm. styles that classical itch that I want to yeah to for like the past seven years I've been loving uh, the variety on CBC radio too like they have great episodes oh, yeah. and programs oh, yeah. yeah and even online and sometimes I go from Spotify and I just go on CBC radio online and pick a playlist there great great things I think I remember discovering a song called Brazil I forget who it's by but that was on like a top 10 CBC radio driving to work I know I think I know the song about the young by a fairly young kid I can't, I can't tell you the artist. I can see the album cover and the art. I'm very visual that way, but that's one of the artists that it's just like, I just know this one song by them. I don't know their name of the artist, but I know this song and it's really good. Uh, yeah. Cool. What genre? Also, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even remember the song? Yes, I can play it for you. I know what playlist it's Does in. it have guitar? <laughs> Does it have maraca? Uh, <laughs> Does it have kazoo? <laughs> Does it have big Morocco? What were we talking about? I'm sorry, Nick. What was the, the question? Station? Influence. And no, we we tangented it off. I said something about radio and I was like, cut that. That doesn't make sense. We're going no, back fine. to that's family fine. influence. That's fine. That's a boring question anyway. That's much better. Uh, f- friends? Yes. Friend influence. I guess, yeah, we'll touch on that because hey, yo, Ryan over here. Hey-o. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> definitely introduced me to such again another world of of music and just how large it is how expansive it it can be and yeah I I knew a little bit of Fleetwood Mac because obviously whatever you listen to on the radio like knew basically songs from rumors but yeah yeah, basically basically all of 
rumors the album gets play, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, our uh, song was, oh, wow, can I can sing it? Where's the title? The title's coming. Um, I don't want to know. That's it. Had to get, had to make it to the chorus. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. It still reminds me of you whenever it, it comes on. It's such a good time. You showed me Fleetwood Mac and then a lot of other artists in the 70s. And yeah, we had a good time sharing music back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. My best friend in high school was very much into the emo scene and like showed me a lot of Blackville Brides. And um, oh, I can just see I'm such a visual person. Podcasts are, are a struggle because I'm like, oh, I want to show you the pictures of all these <laughs> yeah. people that I see. Forget the names. If you want to list off a few, Nick, I'll say yes or no if I knew. I, if, like for emo, yeah, like Mariana's Trench was kind of like almost like borderline emo in some okay. ways. Yeah, like, I knew them beforehand. I Those were ones that I found on my own back in middle school grade seven to nine yeah. desperate measures was my grade nine anthem and helped me get through like some friends really? shit yeah okay. the part that in the song that goes well, i don't want to say it i'll let you play it okay but <laughs> i'll send you a thing specifically it's like i it said like motherfucker and i didn't swear at all when i was younger and so to me that part i wouldn't even like sing it i'd melt it but you to me it. that gave me such empowerment because the song was saying it for me right yeah that's cool <laughs> Payback yeah, like, is a motherfucker. yeah. <laughs> piece of american dream open up and swallow on your knees and say thank you
it, that's the fun thing about metal is like there's so many different kinds of metal bands yeah, and we've talked it's about it's a big umbrella you can't just say yeah. oh I hate metal music and it's yeah. like well what kind of metal music do you not enjoy <laughs> yeah we, we've, we've, we've talked a good bit about the branch of and just I, like yeah, it's very I remember niche remember your episodes yeah yeah so, so um, but, but that's like in that nicheness you can kind of find like oh that's a really good song or like, mm-hmm. and that's enough to scratch that itch from like that yeah. one kind of thing but that's cool there was a game I guess that I played when I was younger with my brother on the Wii it was like just a random little racing game a motorbike racing game and they kind of had a little more quote unquote hardcore kind of style music playing Extreme in the back Sugarland cupcake racing they, they, <laughs> they had the song like Chop Suey in it and I was oh, like cool. oh I freaking love that song like Chop Suey is, was literally the first well I wouldn't say literally the first but like it was the most recent one that really kind of kind of got me liking metal again because mm-hmm, like yeah. f- like people like like i've said before you know people would always hype it up and i i wouldn't really get it but like listening to it it's so cool well, my brother it's and i yeah, it's, of it's really neat different tempos and textures and shit it's cool mm-hmm. especially a system of a down has like an eastern european like they're armenian so they have a lot of like polyrhythms and their drummers fucking amazing yeah. they were all really good so like the and that song they wanted to call it suicide which is just chop suey it's just suicide chopped up oh hey yeah. i didn't know that and whatever that's you amazing st- yeah the song starts it's rolling suicide they, that's how they started because they wanted to call it suicide but the the um label was like you can't fucking call a song suicide but now you can get away with anything yeah oh and also with that song like since my brother and i were, were younger just playing this game i think the reason we liked it is because it was so funny we just kind of it's quite the angels deserve to like, we it's a very that. visceral experience. You can't not I know, do that. Just being young, you don't even know what they're saying. I know what they're saying now, yeah. but because I've looked at the lyrics, and I'm like, huh. But as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, like at the dinner table, if we just wanted to make each other laugh, we just look at each other, then they go, like, table, table, makeup, technology. Yeah, it's like makeup is like what it was. It's it's such a fun again like a lot of the change is very dynamic <laughs> and and that was actually the first song I learned on drums like when I got oh, my sick. drum kit I was like that was the first full song that I learned like note to yeah. note to like beginning to end and it has a beautiful melody in it too it just like has that wonderful intenseness and then it just goes so yeah ready to yeah. I don't think you trust and then just like really light nice so chorus. good super ca- chaotic yeah, hazardous kind of. Uh, versus but yeah yeah so it's like i didn't know anything about that band or the name of the song or something it was just like i knew it from that video game and then again years later come across and be like oh i remember that song that was a cool memory too and it's like i liked that so technically that falls under there and i guess and the one artist that i have come across and kind of do listen to more regularly now that would fall under that category would be rammstein Great. <laughs> yeah. Nick is loving you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ramstein is one of those bands that's like very like against the grain, especially their live shows. And like my my other Ooh. favorite band right now, Ghost, they're very much so like Ramstein because they're like 
it's very it's very much like singing about like the the um the world of metal and like talking about like demons and satan and all that stuff but it's like we're not taking it seriously but His we're just singing about really that intense, world kind of i'm thing. not even gonna touch on their music videos oh my god they're disturbing <laughs> a little extreme yeah, the, what is it the song one is, is with the seven little dwarfs and like the Snow White or whatever. She's like addicted to cocaine, like crazy. <laughs> and she, there's and an, like killing oh. her or something. I don't know. There's another one where he like dresses, he like fucks himself. He dresses as like a prostitute or a child, or it's, it's yeah. messed. I had no idea, and I love it. <laughs> It's, no, it's, it's like <laughs> shock art. See, yeah, degree. I didn't bother looking up the videos on my own. A friend showed me these. Of I was course. just like, oh, these are cool songs. This one's cool. And they're like, oh, I know them. I love them. And this is uh, my other friend, uh, Emily Morell. And she's the mm. one that kind of really showed me more of the uh, other than my friend Dan with the truck. <laughs> it's so because he's not he's not a truck kind of person. Um, sweet, sweet dude. Um, but yeah, he that kind of showed me Tesseract and the other world, and he's the one that led for me to appreciate metal more. And then also Emily Morell, who I had friend in high school, kind of also. Let me restart this thought. Shit. <laughs> so timeline wise, I knew Emily Morell first, and. She kind of showed me more of metal music and, and genres like so and showed me the, the music videos of <laughs> Ramstein and stuff after I found out on, on my own. And at the time, I, I wasn't sure if I, I knew or appreciated too much of metal and then I met Dan and then it's like, oh, I got to see it in person. Then I kind of appreciate it more. So those would kind of be my, my metal thing. But again, that's not like the biggest genre I, ever, I have on my phone or I don't know a crazy lot about it so it's kind of funny how we've focused on this for so long it's my whole life so I exaggerate you can blame me on that yeah I think like um you know like metal and rap are those like genres that like people it's a meme you know like the people say they listen to everything and like it's like oh have you listened to like this extremely niche form of metal but like it's it's one of those genres where it's like even if you don't like it in general you could probably find Mm -hmm. like one or two songs here or there that that really speak to you and it's just kind of sticks out you know yeah um funny how you touch on rap actually hip-hop is probably the genre i know the least about oh yeah and listen to the least like i'll Mm. listen to more metal than hip-hop it's not that i don't like it's just i haven't met anyone to really kind of experience that with or share that with yeah no one's been there to kind of take you through it kind of thing yeah it's not like a big thing in our friend groups or people that i've met um sort of there's there's someone now actually that is kind of introducing a little bit of it but again i'm not there and saying that Mm. it's a genre i will go out of my way to listen to just yet yeah um but we should talk again about hip hop later because like I'm not also I'm also not super into hip hop, but there are a few artists that I really like. You already know I, I'm kinda like Death Grips. But since then I've gotten a bit into MF Doom and uh, Tyler the Creator. And they're really good. Like they're they're different than what you might typically think of, at least in MF Doom in terms of rappers. Um Tyler the Creator's definitely more hip hop than rap yeah. I'd say but like I think he won recently best uh album at the Grammys hip hop album hip hop artist okay he won a Grammy did yeah just I mean deservingly so he's yeah. really good but yeah I, I could show you a couple things that 
you sure. might be into like because yeah some of that stuff's definitely this might be a dumb yeah. question please don't hurt me uh is post malone hip-hop yeah okay <laughs> yeah he's uh, a, one of the kind of newer uh, yeah, strains i don't know exactly how you would I, define again it? i think hip-hop is a very large yes. umbrella term yeah, hip-hop like, and r&b rap, yeah like, exactly that's gonna they, be in rap yeah yeah they all again sort you can't just say oh i don't that. like metal you can't say oh i don't like hip-hop because yeah. oh my god there's so many sub genres yes. within that and it's well. like it's like certain forms of rock as well with like folk rock and stuff like that where it kind of straddles the line where it has those rock elements but you're not even sure if you should really call it rock either you know but like yeah yeah when it comes, it's very nebulous yeah when it comes to me listening to a new song i don't ever listen to the lyrics first the lyrics come later after three or four listens it's always the music there's been a few times that i've heard a song like oh i really love this this is beautiful and then i pay attention to the lyrics and i'm like this has destroyed the song it is now awful or this is not good anymore kind of thing or i feel kind of embarrassed to say i like this song now because the lyrics are so terrible but the music itself is good so i find when it comes to rap or certain hip-hop it's a very storytelling medium yeah. and uh that's not the first thing that i listen to so it obviously takes me a little longer to appreciate it or notice it because i don't notice the story when it comes to music i notice the very base of the music and the the words and the lyrics are such a focus in that genre and that's yeah. why it's not probably one of my my top interesting i never thought about it that way actually because i'm very much so the same way like i'll listen to like the song first really the 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 structure of it before like really digesting the lyrics and i mean a lot of metal lyrics i don't really know what they're saying anyway so it's like, <laughs> yeah so that's why i was like, like oh this works out for me <laughs> yeah so like yeah but i guess like yeah, hip-hop is basically just like it's all the like the lyrics and the words and the the kind of the wordsmithing of it to make it sound cool as well yeah i mean rap literally stands for rhythm and poetry yeah it's very much focused on the the lyrical talent like i mean like rappers like that's such a big thing in the rap community is your lyrical ability. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, so that that pretty much covers a good little bit of, of up to like school. Is there any other influences after? Um, oh man, yeah, Parkman and Emily. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and Ryan, of course. I think uh, and yes. and my best friend Summer, and she was the one with like Blackville Brides and and all that. And my like, only romance. Yeah, my only um like ever talking to Summer was in high school. I had a bullet from my Valentine shirt on, and she walked through the hallway. She's like, oh, "I like your shirt," and I was like, "Oh, nice. thank you." And I was like, "That's like the only memory I have of her." Nice. Her other meaning in- of two worlds. <laughs> <laughs> her other big influence in kind of recent years was like uh, BTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so K-pop and and I was introduced general eye rolling yeah and I was introduced to K-pop and J-pop from the high school group we were all big nerds and anime fans and I didn't know any anime and stuff and I didn't grow up watching TV like if anyone asked me about random shows I'm watching and never I don't watch a lot of TV um but had a big anime phase in high school (laughs) and so that kind of tied into the different genres of music that exist in the eastern cultures and um yeah so those those are big influence all anime themes and j-pop artists from that or j-rock and obviously k-pop is summer into baby metal and have you heard baby metal because nick loves i have i i have heard all your other podcast things i have listened to some baby metal back in high school i wouldn't be able to name anything really i okay. want to say it's something that i but yeah i keep forgetting that you're to. like our podcast's biggest fan so like yeah. everything yeah. we've discussed <laughs> i know you, you know secrets. yeah <laughs> which is so weird yeah. because we really don't imagine like anybody's listening to this when we make them of course we want people to and like we'll get there hopefully someday but it is very strange to think that somebody actually is out there listening to what we say. Yeah, and also like big enough nerd phase. Well, just for anything, I'll hyper focus on something. I will find something new, and I will consume my life, and I will learn every goddamn thing about it. <laughs> so that it definitely happened with anime and stuff. And like, I would be able to sing all these songs in proper Japanese. <laughs> like, I I took a Japanese course in in, in university a couple of semesters, and um, like I I need to know a little bit for my work. It was it was kind nice so I actually was really big on the pronunciation and like music helped with that um but yeah so that was that was a phase lots of phases I've tried to explore almost anything and everything um but yeah I do have two other bigger influences I could probably also touch on as well if you want please um but yeah just for environmental sake like living in PEI in the Atlantic region of of Canada obviously Celtic music and folk music that's a big genre Have you listened to East Pointers? <laughs> Duh. And my Thank heart God. my heart Fucking broke. Cody. I had like I know. I actually Nick you're going to die for this. Okay, so for my job, I don't know if people care. This is a music podcast, but I just I, bring this up. Yeah, right work for Anne of Green Gables Heritage Place most of the time with Parks Canada. And so I've played Anne Shirley Anne of Green Gables for many years and there was a special appointment a couple of years ago. I guess this was before the pandemic like 2019. And oh no, this was in 2020, sorry, because they did it for the pandemic when it started the east pointers had this thing where they called andemic and they read up to book three of anne of green gables to keep people entertained and for the finale reading the final chapters of book three they wanted to do it at the green gables house and so i was working then and they wanted anne to make a special appearance and so i played Anne in that episode that they did and I got to sing with the East Pointers and and play some music with them and met both um, Cody and Tom and the, the other one or Tim and the, every, the was Nick, missing. Nick's yeah, mouth is like spasming. a gaping hole right now. I, I, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd love this story I got story, to meet man. them and I got to meet Cody and he was the sweetest human. I got to braid Cody's hair. We can find this we can we can find this video That's on amazing. Facebook and me as Anne Shirley is braiding Cody's hair while he is playing the guitar jesus christ yeah i was acquaintances with them i should say so So fucking cool yeah heart is is broken i haven't listened to them for a little while because i just i'm gonna start to cry 
to I've, I've seen them like my roommate colby like uh, him and his ex went to, were going to uh an east pointers concert and mm-hmm. she could make it so he's like they asked if i could go and i was like sure i don't really know them but like oh God, looked up some incredible. of their songs i was like i don't really care for them like it doesn't seem like my thing really? and then like i just did not like give it enough attention Fair enough. um and then like went there and i was like they've just been like one of my favorite bands of all time ever since i fucking absolutely love them that is so fucking yeah. cool though, that you got to do that that's a treasured memory for sure 100 percent. i even got to meet fox like um Tim's kid like he was there and he was so cute yeah um it was a great time if you love these pointers you'll love 10 strings and a goat skin have you ever heard of them I have not I feel like I maybe heard of goat skin I find that surprising because they've been yeah. like a staple of the genre in in the Maritimes. Well, they're no they longer together. They yeah, disbanded yeah. a few years ago, but they're three boys from Rustco, up Rustco Way, North Rustco, and. Uh, yeah, they're incredible. I've seen them again, them and the East Pointers a bunch of times. East Pointers at larger venues because I think they made like a bigger name for themselves. But Ten Strings and a Goatskin were just three great island musicians from the Acadian world, and I saw them a bunch of times perform at Old Triangle. Had some beers with them afterwards too. Oh, damn. You know, yeah.
that spud from door to door down the barchois road to the harbor shore. Oh, Joe LaBelle would steal the house from the widow Victoria. He found some deed that claimed her land and a handshake deal just wouldn't stand in a court of law. He did demand that the house belonged to him. Ring the church bells in the night, we'll gather at the first starlight. Bring your lamps, sleighs and mares to save the widow's home. Across the big field or the pond, we'll move this house before the dawn. When Joe Bell arrives, he'll find his prize already gone. so cool hey you want to hear another friend of the island community that i know shane pendergast shout out to him oh my god anyone listening to this podcast please please go check him out he is incredible i love you shane uh do you know my <laughs> sister's dating him right no yeah <gasps> what yeah hey remember that he- hot tea you want it spilled he has to be on a date last fall <laughs> Oh my God! Actually, what? you might have to cut this out. A meeting of two worlds. I saw I he posted or something or Abby posted and I was like, Abby, you're over at his place. Obviously, makes sense to connect. And also, like his drummer and his band, Josh Langell. Um, I mm. went to school with Josh and we were in a jazz combo together and we won the Atlantics. He was, Woo! He um, was dating my sister's best friend for a long time. That's how I know him. That's insane. He's really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah no, Shane is great. Y- you're getting into like the circle of musicians that I know through. Welcome my to PEI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hit the celtic folk world and everyone knows everyone all yeah. the close island musicians but yeah i could see those big peaks rising as we drove along the road i was feeling so alive then and i sang a traveling old and i'm going back to gaspazy do you remember that summer when we were so carefree can you hear the roaring river you see that shimmering lake and when we stood atop Mount Albert, the world was ours to take in Gaspésie. The buses ride past it with kids bound for town. They can't walk to school for their schoolhouse is gone. A lone rusty swing set still sways on the lawn. These back roads are richer than highways so smooth Old stories are woven within every groove On these tired little lanes only road signs remain For you can't put a place to the name, no You can't put a place to the name For you can't put a place to the name, no You can't put a place to the name Grandpa played some very fine fiddle, but he's grown old now and his hands are brittle. So Grandpa sits in the kitchen and diddles, come a high I diddle I day. Uh, with a high eye diddle, just a chicken, the tune, and the eye-rye riddle start filling the room. There's a wee little fella bouncing around on his knee. No fiddles at the table, dumb spree.
he's been listening to the pouring rain Tears dripping down the window pane, gray, solemn sky Watch the season die Not the man that he used to be Take a look, it's plain to see He seems so tired He's uninspired and it's an autumn rain Lost souls are swirling around Wind on the blow, shaking leaves to the ground Eyes dead ahead and his collar flipped up Turning inside and the going gets tough It's an autumn rain Last sun clinging like a dying leaf Each lonely day is a little more brief Big clouds looming in a swollen sky a Highway gleaming with the devil's smile It's an autumn rain Top, top notch, folks. So, just in general, <laughs> yeah, Nick's I'm so shocked. His jaw on the floor for this entire thing. Yeah, so if you want some ins, if you want some connections, and like the Jack Pine Folk Club is like what Shane does. I haven't been to one yet because he always picks dates that I can't make, but I was semi helping him design. Um, initially, he pitched the idea, and I drew up like a sketch of what he was thinking for his logo and stuff. I didn't actually help in, in the end with it, but that was kind of neat to like just talk through creatively with them and we just run into each other and share good times. That is fucking brilliant. That is so cool. I like there's not many other people I know in my life that are like super into like Celtic or like trad music. Um I I've, it's been such an important thing for like my family, like my oh, my man. aunt uh, and like my grandmother and then my immediate family. We'd always go to Avonlea Village every summer. Like every oh, week, we'd nice. go to Avonlea Village and we'd wow. go there basically for the live music and go see. Is it Michael Pendergast? Yes, that's yeah, his as dad. The, as the him and uh, a couple other of his buddies were always out there. We'd always go out there like every summer, all the time. Like it was just some of the greatest memories going out and just clapping along, stomping your feet to some of those tunes because they're just so wholesome and catchy. And like those those are some of the tunes where it's like I'm listening to the lyrics first rather than like the mm. music because they're just so elegant and just beautiful i don't know what it is about them it's but it's fuck. in our it's in our soul man we're we're on an island it's east coast it's all the it's celtic influence in our roots that we just love it really is in our blood and like saint anne's real nothing will get me out of my chair faster than that song i know it's like the most cliche fiddle tune and people who actually play it are absolutely sick of it but I love it and I have such vivid memories as like a kid um, eating some cow's ice cream either on like um, the the docks of PEI down by Peaks Key or even in the Halifax Harbor and just hearing that song and around it's just a summertime staple really that was actually one of the first songs that I tried to learn while I when I picked up violin but obviously that uh, is quite difficult getting it quick oh God, I can't even remember. I can't believe that I forgot to mention. Uh, like, I can play a shit ton of tin whistles, and I have a big Scottish low whistle that was like two hundred dollars. But it's I've done gigs. I've been paid to play Celtic music. Yeah, I completely That's forgot about this whole phase aspect of, of my career. life. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was a big thing for a while. I just want to say, Ryan, you have failed me as a friend <laughs> for never talking about this. I- I thought I had maybe told you about the East Pointers, but I can't really be sure. I, I mean, obviously from your reaction, that throws that into doubt, but because uh, you would remember that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We, we, I mean, you've definitely talked about some things like the bleachers and a couple other things like I remember. But like, I've had we have no a idea, lot like, of similar crossovers there, Nick. Yeah, I have no idea how in depth and, and diverse and like think that's the. I mean, you must have like 
one of the greatest appreciations for music just on how diverse your perspectives are, right? Because that's just how you get a much better perspective on anything. Yeah, I try to. Um, yeah, and I'll wrap up uh, just like with some Celtic things and then I'll touch on like music diversity too and like a certain course that I took in university that was incredible and also even more eye-opening and mind-expanding. But yeah, with I'll, I'll just name off like some other, obviously Great Big C, that was a massive influence. Have you seen them live? No, that is my dream. I am so determined to meet um, Alan Doyle this summer because he's here. He's, he's he's in the what role is he playing in the? He's like the main character in like the. We can't think of the show, but we yeah. know what it is. Um, yeah, I really want to meet him. I'm actually taking a course that I ended up getting in at the Confederation Center for backstage training, um, stage managing. And so I'm like, oh, it'd be awesome if he was around. That'd be sick. But yeah, Great Big C is actually on my top list of people that I would love to see live, even though they're not a thing anymore. But even just seeing him. At the end of the day, you just got to say it's alright. seems of the corner. There ain't nothing he refuses. Then it comes along, it comes along. And I am lifted. I am lifted. I am lifted. When I'm up, I can't get down. Can't get down, can't get level When I'm up, I can't get down Get my feet back on the ground When I'm up, I can't get down yeah, just seeing him live enough is, is good enough. Yeah, his tickets are so expensive, but, I mean, it'd be worth it. It's so worth it, and especially if they play the Big C songs. I got to see them in grade nine when they came here, actually. <laughs> my sister literally went to rehab the two days before. My family was like, <laughs> she was like, don't tell, don't tell about uh, the, the tickets because it's going to look really bad. And then <laughs> they drop her off there, and then it's like, all right, great Big C time. But fucking amazing. amazing concert. They were brilliant live. And I love how they, they get up and just switch instruments all the time. Yeah, talented human beings. Talented as hell. Yeah, any trad musicians are also wicked. Um, like some of my other favorites, I found Tidelines. They're a group of guys from Scotland, and they are incredible. Um, their stuff is yeah really really good and I was obsessed with it for a good solid half a year like you know those playlists that I break up like their entire album basically just continued on those playlists sometimes a few songs pitter out but they just were consistent Of an unfamiliar road With an evening sun hangs gold in the skyline In a quiet unknown town There is solace to be found In the unforsaken hours of the twilight There's a girl and I can see her Far away from this frontier And moving hearts are insane and you would love them this also touches on like the jazz world a little bit they were i think i hope this is correct i mean this will be forever permanently put on the internet um that 
uh, they were one of the first, they're an Irish band, and first kind of ones to introduce electronic instruments into the world of trad. And they also have a very jazz kind of influence as well. They play saxophone with traditional Celtic instruments. They're brilliant. And there's one album that's just like live from Dublin that I'm obsessed with. And there was a song every morning when I worked at um, a factory, I had to get up at like seven and, and be there. The drive was exactly as long as the 10 minute song. And so I put that on every morning of my drive and I'd get there and I'd feel hyped for the day and it'd wake me up and they're phenomenal. Yeah. one of the beautiful things about East Pointers is like the bass synthesizer and all the like the, mm-hmm. the kind of pop music they kind of stuff that they bring to it. I've, I've never heard of them, but I'm, I'm hopefully you add some uh, some of these songs later so I can listen back yes. to them fully. Oh, if yeah. not through that, at least make a playlist and I can listen through that. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying these names just for anyone who wants to take up the the effort to kind of look them up or you'll kind of play little clips and maybe it will pique some, some folks' interest. And this, I don't know if you want to include or not, but I promise here, I have two friends that I met back in 2018 who are incredible musicians as well. They're also Irish. I call them the Irish guys. Um, <laughs> you know, the Irish guys. Well, that's how I always refer to when I talk about them to f- friends and family. Um, but they're coming back this summer, and this will be the first time that I'm seeing them in four or five years. Um, so super pumped. And they did an exchange here back in 2018 and, and stayed for like six months and performed at the Old Triangle all the time and stole my job at like a music store that I worked at for a little bit. <laughs> Part time. No, it's fine. They needed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they needed a job while, while Irish, here while living expect? in Canada. They need to uphold their drinking habits. <laughs> so. They were actually so pumped because weed was legal here and they just went fucking ham that entire summer. <laughs> Because it's not in Europe. But, um, yeah, so they're coming back to visit for about 10 days uh, this summertime. So I will promise you now that I will introduce you to them here. They're mm-hmm. incredible. Love that. Thank you. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have lots of jam sessions. They oh would be so down. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't expect you guys to connect on so many different things this is great this is great i love introducing i love networking like this yeah oh man oh man there's yeah i could talk about music all day yeah for sure (laughs) as you as you can tell thankfully that's the whole point of this podcast so you're always welcome i would (laughs) love to come on at any point in time yeah i don't even know what time it is now you might have to cut me off yeah you got about an hour looks like or so I was thinking that was probably a good place to end it anyway but like if you have more points you want to make Oh, maybe I'll wait uh, because we didn't touch on like my love of jazz or musical theater, but like those in yeah, itself you take up a it. big chunk of my yeah. life and performance career. Yeah. We'd as well. love to have you again. 
I would love to be back. Glad it went well enough (laughs) to have me back and burn down the shed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, is there anything else you want to kind of quickly just wrap up for any points? Um, The for your current career, like the how you got into school or anything like that. Um, just to wrap up this episode. Sure. Any on top? I'll, I guess I'll say a funny story, sort of how I got into, or the audition for UPEI. Oh, man. Oh, also, wow. My, I don't know if I have ADHD, but seriously, I sometimes think my brain is, is like that. I need to get tested. But like Disney is also a big influence. <laughs> that, that will shove that into the other episode that will come back. Um, but that's kind of... I'll, I'll get into details next time but that's also kind of how I ended up with the flute in hand is my mom really loved the flute and like listening to Disney songs specifically like Beauty and the Beast opening and, and yeah iconic but so for school for UPEI <laughs> so um you go in and you have a few songs that are prepared and I'm not the best sight reader I'm better than I was but at the time absolute shit um i think i mentioned earlier to you guys just like privately how rhythmically i am challenged and i never i I was so bad at reading rhythms and i just kind of did this funny thing of memorized sort of what they should sound like depending on how fast it should go anyways it was whack so i get into this audition and it's a little little spooky so you are performing on this stage and there are four panelists kind of at the back of the room and they're watching you and they stay silent obviously they write through it and you are being recorded so the added terrifying camera that's kind of in your face so I go in and I play my two audition pieces and they go pretty well and it's like okay that's all right and then they ask me to sight read two songs and this is where it all just falls apart and so I'm terrified because an audition to get into a university you think you have to be top-notch or else they're not going to accept you little did i know upei is so small and so desperate to fill out their music department that they would have accepted me regardless of anything like they don't give a fuck they need people and especially my year going in there were six of us (laughs) yeah that was the biggest dip in uh registration that they've ever seen in in the history um but i didn't know that at the time so i'm thinking everything is riding on this and so I go through and play the first piece to sight read and I kind of bomb it really and at this point the nerves are getting to me what's really funny is how my performance anxiety works is not like a little bit at the start and you go on stage like that's pretty normal but it's always afterwards when the biggest wave of anxiety hits me like I'll go on feel okay do the performance and then come backstage and cry not that it didn't go well but that's just the anxiety that hits afterwards but I can feel it happening after I pretty much bombed the first sight read and the second piece they asked me to continue and I'm crying and playing flute at the same time and it's just so bad and this is the best form of blackmail someone probably has on me because this exists in the UPI archives somewhere of me crying well you're getting ahead of it at least well I then brought the sheets while shaking to them the tear stained sheets to hand it back and the audition is not even over because then there's an interview portion and I 
can't Fuck. calm myself down. So the entire oh interview, like they asked, like, oh, why do you want to study music? Like, kind of know a bit of your music oh history, dear. like this. And I can't stop crying. So oh for the man. next ten minutes, I'm just like, okay, I'm to <laughs> university. I like fling flu. Like. <laughs> Uh, so that exists. This is someone who is going to be performing, <laughs> folks. Like, yes, I want to get a performance degree. That's <laughs> <laughs> something to get, get good to get done and over with early on. Is the embarrassment, I guess. Hundred percent. I don't think anything it was worse than that first audition, and then obviously to see these professors because they're the professors that are auditioning you of just like, oh my god. So you. <laughs> So now we know how desperate UPI is to accept. <laughs> I don't know if that like yeah. wrecks their standards <laughs> to let me in after but like, that, but <laughs> at least it can't get any worse for you than I that. I know. Right? The only thing that I remember from that is like your tone is beautiful. <laughs> and that is it. That's all I oh, that's well, all you I can lived hear it through. Over the saw. Yeah, that's all I lived through is is riding off your tone is beautiful and then I think in third year the teacher said it was is gone downhill and then that broke me and broke my spirit. <laughs> Fuck. That's <laughs> no, no way to build somebody up. Oh, God. Actually, there was one professor that in your first and second year that he purposely tries to break you on stage and you cry for your entire people. That's just how he likes to teach and build you up from there. I mean, but it's, it's, it's awful. It. It's No, it's terrible. That's and a, a lot of people have quit. Like, I mean, it is to test your, your spirit a bit, but oh, my God, it's it's rough. But, like, why, why test your spirit at all? Like, the... The, the industry itself will do that like if you really know, want to know yeah. well, you'll keep going like why would you like chop someone's legs off at the beginning of a race well after I finished my degree I didn't pick up my flute for a year and a half I hated Ooh. playing it and I was uh, at the beginning deciding to go to college or university one for music one for visual arts and I was thinking which one would I uh, not get sick of the most like I don't want either of my two favorite passions to become a chore and I thought mm. that I would be slightly more passionate for for music and that wouldn't happen but it did um, there was a few other factors in that like different switching of professors my original flute teacher that I wanted to study under went on maternity leave and then I had a different prof entirely and she was just horrendous and I didn't want to play at all I didn't want to go back in my third year and then obviously to hear that in third year too, I was just like, I'm so done. So I was so happy to finish it up. Didn't play for a while. But then obviously when the pandemic hit and then you were forced to not be able to play, that in a way re lit the fire in me again. I was like, I really miss it. I really want to find a way. And so I did find some other venues and, and I'm now playing in a group for the Havlin Club uh, a few times. Yeah, singing, acting, uh, flute playing there. But it's been a journey, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, that's that's every like musician. Like, you don't just like start playing the piano or whatever and then play it forever. Like, I've had years off from the drums, or maybe not like years, but like in total, there's been like, years where I just haven't played the drums in the past like decade. And I had another side question, uh, ADHD mode. Like, <laughs> it was there. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. have, I have no idea how like the structure of like UPEI's like musical courses would go. I have, I have a biology degree. Um, from UPEI but for like the music classes I remember looking at them and like barely understanding them so like was there any like really interesting classes that you remember or like big takeaway oh yeah there was the one that I said I was going to touch on but basically the structure for the first two years it, everything is chosen for you and you get your basics of music theory, oral skills, which is like sight reading, sight singing, ear training um, you have to take a bit of 
piano there's music history which is actually not that fun it's I love history and I love learning things like that but the way that it was structured it was very it was not that great but I feel like any sort of like art history can be hit or miss like it can either be really interesting or it can be really boring yeah and it kind of sucks the certain things that we touched on but yeah first two years are chosen for you third fourth year you get into more interesting ones niche ones I took like a music production course um for a bit like you get to actually hone and focus in on your compositional skills there's post-tonal theory that or I took which is wild yeah it's uh it's a time um, I should, yeah, I should. I get sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot, a lot more complex. Oh, maybe that should be another episode. I'll show you my random ass compositions yeah. for all these. But the the yes, one that I think would be really interesting. Yeah, and get Andy in here for those too. Oh my god. Uh, Ooh, that would be du- double phenomenal. feature. Um, but the the one that I think was the most impactful and most interesting was world music, um, and that opened. Uh, just such a large avenue and we there wasn't necessarily a right or wrong uh, answers to anything it was more of an exploration of things and it was a very high high-end course like it was difficult but it was brilliant and it was taught by Matthias Kamm who is an ethnomusicologist <laughs> Um, I don't do you want (laughs) yeah I don't know if you want me to define that I don't even know if I could try let's see oh why did I say that (laughs) but musicologist oh it's the it's study I'm not gonna try no I'm not gonna try to sound smart no 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 study of music as it relates to uh, a particular culture at large or how yeah, yeah. Like it's, it could quick, be very. It could do we be. We want a quick particular. Google moment. Let's yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, that that'd be that'd be funnier. Come in with your robot voice yeah. of what it actually is. Yeah, so we don't waste time. But this one, it explores so many different things. Um, can I even remember? Because again, this was years ago. But kind of the first bit we touched on was. It, it did focus on a lot of different cultures, but it also was like a compare and contrast. You know, like, well, you understand jazz roots is obviously very, it comes from black history and stuff. So it's like understanding and honoring that, but also discussing where is the line of um, cultural appropriation within music was a discovery and discussion for a lot of it as well of um, so many different things. And, of, and like we touched on so many different topics. One was even... Um, the discussion on how 9-11 influenced the music industry and specifically country music and like touched on the Dixie Chicks in that sense and how Americans have certain affluence to uh, the national anthem versus um, like God Bless America and that's kind of like their secondary one and, and other things like that. We focused on kind of where is the line of certain opinions in the class of like who should be a rapper what's okay what's not um focused on female palestinian rappers and um there it it encompassed so so much um and really touched on a lot of different cultures and i'm not even scratching the surface on things um obviously we touched on a lot of indigenous um music and issues here one actually one of my favorites oh can i remember um jeremy dutcher is a name that i remember from that he's uh an artist from new brunswick and i 
don't remember the exact First Nations tribe he is from, but he has amazing stuff. And um, the stuff that was most touching for his is he's a prolific musician and instrumentalist. And what he did for one of his records was obviously the horrendous genocide that the Canadian government attempted to commit on the Indigenous peoples here um, that they knew of and have quoted that they tried or they did record the different languages, different songs, different tribal music and ceremonies of the Indigenous people because they knew that or they wanted to make sure that those didn't exist in the future but they they had them in records so they I don't know it's fucked absolutely but what Jeremy Dutcher did is um also with his specific tribe in New Brunswick he uh there's only a few folks left who know his specific language his specific indigenous tongue and what he did is trying to bring it back in his community is he found the records of his people and added to them so proper ceremonial stuff on the wax cylinders and he's playing instruments over top of it and adding melodies and singing with his ancestors and it's incredible very moving very touching stuff I, I swear to god i heard something about this on cbc the other yeah day. oh i found him on cbc okay. after this this class and i think he actually performed in pei and i couldn't go see him because i was in europe <laughs> but gosh he's one to to definitely touch on and that was like a big impactful section of that course and to finish it off at the end we had to do this research paper and i actually i somehow passed this course without doing it um we had like a big symposium like a, a 10 minute uh, 20 minute presentation on the paper I fucking nailed it and I did I had like a five page bibliography I did so much research I'm more of a presenter kind of person I can't get my thoughts onto paper enough for it to mm. make sense and so much editing um, so I didn't end up passing the paper in because I'm such a perfectionist but I did the research I did the work it just wasn't on paper but anyways mm. Matthias still passed me thank you but um, <laughs> what I tried to do I bit off a lot to, to, to chew to be honest I was exploring um, like it was very very theoretical there wasn't a, an answer to this but just can computers be creative and I had specific uh, case studies of a certain um, AI technologies and um, net neural networks that I actually learned <laughs> some computer science for this project and how cool. to build neural networks and how databases and all that stuff worked. Um, but <laughs> so it was uh, exploring those who actually gets the credit. Is it the person that created the device or the program that the device uses to learn? Is it the computer itself? Is it like just 
exploring all these theoretical possibilities of can music can computers be creative and what I did for my symposium of how I started was actually I played a song that was quote unquote written by a computer and I didn't tell anyone no one I kept this topic so secret because everyone was like what are you doing your paper on and I'm like oh just wait um And so I played this piece of music and I asked the questions afterwards and I'm like, raise your hand if you felt something from this piece of music and the class raised their hand and like describe kind of how it made you feel, what emotions, because obviously that is kind of what music is for. It's to make you feel something. It's that experience. And then I was dropped the bomb, dropped the mic. It's like, what if I told you this was written by a computer? And they were just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it was the exploration of, of that. Is that proper? Is that not? Like if it makes you feel something, is is it? inherently human is it soulless music is like it was wild what if i told you that this was made by an electric toothbrush (laughs) (laughs) but like that's like a a debate i guess like a i've never even thought about that that's a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. like i guess they'd have to pass the turing test first to really get creative because otherwise we are the creators no all, all the 3k studies did oh did they yeah okay um one was called like MLI or Emily in there. I could probably find that and, and send them. No, I just think the computer was called Emily. And I think at one point there is one that is nationally recognized, or not nationally, like w- recognized in the world of music. I think one of the three case studies, one of the computers is actually recognized as an individual artist. There is an individual computer that artist is that so exists. so funny now. and interesting. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. who gets the money for it? The computer gets the money. <laughs> like, it's a very wild topic. Uh, they'll just blow it all on yeah. uh, grease and ra- yeah, more RAM. <laughs> that, that paper was just basically a thought experiment and just exploration in that sense. And so that was the big finale to that, that course. It was... A wild brainy fourth year. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah, that's super cool. But that's like that's the really cool thing about like it's like I guess it is the same structure for like UPEI of uh, like first two years. It's pretty like generic. Shit oh, it and is okay. Yeah, and like the yeah. third and fourth year kind of stuff. What's too bad about UPEI though? There's like I could pick between two electives. Do you want this one or that one? Because I. Oh, looking at Acadia, there's like 20 different ones you can choose to specialize from. UBEI, there's like very, very yeah. little specialization. No, there's, yeah, don't have a lot of specializations. And then you're kind of encumbered by, um, I guess you're not even like allowed to take other electives if they're not within like your field. Like as a biologist, I could take chemistry and physics, but there weren't certain things that I could take because I had to have a degree. I'd, I'd be like yeah. specializing in it. But I could take any history, any arts, any psychology, but I couldn't take any like or I couldn't take certain business classes. I could take some law classes and I couldn't take any music classes. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, which is so Especially strange. Especially since there is a yeah. major crossover between like bio, the world of the medical world and music. Like mm-hmm. so many doctors have music as an undergrad. Like wow, yeah. that's crazy. Hmm. Well, we tangented just we a little. Sure we were going to well, wrap up. Well, that, Here's that another was, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a, a wonderfully cool and and unexpected tangent and a mm-hmm. cool way to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Thanks for for telling that story. That's no cool. problem. That's one of my favorites. I should really go back and and have some more of my my facts and names together so then I can reference them with uh more specifics and not just hopefully I'm not talking out of my ass from what I remember from four plus years ago but yeah it's, it's mostly there that was a good time you might have to split this up into like three different mini podcast <laughs> sessions so, since it's so kind of random it's a pretty healthy episode I guess okay. we're, we're pretty good on, on tangents but yeah this is some excellent conversations but it's really great um 
exquisite. Um, absolutely wonderful to have you on. We'll definitely have many more podcasts with you because there's there's a whole lot of music juice to be squeezed in this, this, uh, this 11. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me this lovely afternoon. Yes, you did not disappoint. Um, Thank God. Yes. <laughs> so this has been season two, episode four. Thanks so much for listening. Um, you're sure you don't have anything to plug? No real concerts. Everything has been canceled again because of the COVID surge. Yeah, you don't have anywhere online that has any sort of archive of any musical work you've done. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, no music stuff online. Mm. I keep that pretty private. Close to the chest. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. That's funny. But art stuff. If you want to find Arbing Arts, last posted 2016. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I feel that low key, but yeah. Yeah, you guys plug yours. <laughs> yes, um, check out our Facebook and Instagram links in our podcast description. Do it. We have a link tree where you can find all of that. Do and it. please, if you have any questions, comments, stories. Yeah. Um, Email us. <laughs> you're like uh, you're like a you're you're like a hype man. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I uh, saw the proctologist the other day. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. Please uh, feel free to reach out. We we love hearing from people. Um, <laughs> and uh, there will be <laughs> many more uh, episodes to come, many more guests, and many more times with Kate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thank you for listening. Singing.